Don Mockholtz, and you're listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 127, for the week of June 8th, 2022. The related website for this podcast is donmachholz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, June 8th, the moon is about 60% full in our evening sky. By next Tuesday, June 14th, the moon will be full. It rises when the sun sets, it's up all night, and it sets when the sun rises the next morning. The moon will be far south, south of the ecliptic and in the constellation Sagittarius. The moon will be full on Tuesday, June 14th at 11.51 Universal Time. Even though all of the planets are in the morning sky, Saturn rises about midnight. So if you're up late, give Saturn a look. It may be worth getting up early sometime in the next two weeks to see all five major planets in our morning sky. The last to arrive on the scene will be Mercury. This week, as seen from the Northern Hemisphere, Mercury rises only an hour before the sun. That time will increase to one hour 15 minutes by June 21st. So this week, get out there about an hour before sunrise, and you will see Mercury rising. And to the upper right, within 94 degrees, we have all of the planets easily visible to the unaided eye. By the way, in the mix, we also have some fainter planets, Uranus and Neptune. In fact, on on Sunday morning, June 12th, the very bright planet Venus passes just south of Uranus. And this week, I made a map for Uranus and Neptune. It is podcast 127, map 3. And as with all the maps, you can get this one from my website. Except for that, we will concentrate on the five major planets this week, and next week we'll bring in those fainter guys into our discussion. Refer to Podcast 127, Map 2, for the morning sky map for these five planets. By the way, from the southern hemisphere, the planets are higher in the sky, and and even Mercury is better placed. In fact, from the southern hemisphere, the planets form a line shooting up toward the zenith. So, no matter where you live, the first object you will see will be the planet Venus. It is the brightest planet, six times brighter than our next brightest planet, which is Jupiter. Okay, 
Now guess which is the next brightest planet after Jupiter? It is Mars. And Saturn is next, but the difference between Mars and Saturn is only one-tenth of a magnitude. When you look at them th this coming week, can you tell the difference in brightness between Mars and Saturn? Now, finally, the faintest of the bunch is Mercury, but it is gaining in brightness. On June 15th, Mercury passes both Saturn and Mars in brightness. And by July 15th, more than a month from now, it will be almost as bright as Jupiter, but behind the sun, and you'll not be able to see it. Next week, we'll bring out the telescopes and look at all the major planets, including the faint ones. And we'll look at them in order and then in reverse order. This week, well, well you can still use your telescope. But let's also look at them with the unaided eye and in binoculars. Yet, yes, you might need binoculars to see Mercury this week. It's faint and low. First, note that all the planets do not twinkle. The stars twinkle. The planets do not. The twinkling is caused by our atmosphere. And the point sources of light that we get from the stars gets twisted and shaken back and forth, and this causes the stars to appear to twinkle. Now, the planets, they are not point sources. They are they're actually tiny disks, and their light is also shifted around by the atmosphere, but not so much that they shift around in our sky and appear to twinkle. Now, those planets up there, those five planets you see, one planet has a tail. Which one? Well, that's Mercury. One planet has rings, and another has ring arcs. They would be Saturn and Jupiter. Another planet has active rovers and a helicopter on it. And that would be Mars. And one of those planets is about the same size as our Earth. That is Venus. Now, the rocky planets are Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars. The gas giants are Jupiter and Saturn. And they all orbit the sun at different speeds. Mercury takes 88 days to go around the sun, while Saturn takes 29 years. Mercury travels at 30 miles per second, while slow Saturn trudges along at 6 miles per second. By the way, we, the Earth, is moving around the Sun at 18.6 miles per second. Now, as you look at these planets, how about the colors? Does Mars really look red? Well, kind of. I've always thought that Mars looks redder now when it is not as bright. When it gets really bright, as it will be late this year, it seems to turn into a pale orange or even a yellow. That's very disappointing to those who look at Mars only when it's closest to us and at its brightest every 2.2 years. 
they're expecting to see a red planet, and it doesn't really look quite red. How about Jupiter? It often looks yellow, or rather pale. And Saturn? Well, it's been described as being golden in color. Venus is so bright, but it has a yellow or maybe a silver tint to it. And Mercury is silver in color. You might see things differently because your, your eyes are different. So those are the five major planets all visible in order in our morning sky this week, and next week, and the week after that. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week? Which, which for our purposes, begins Wednesday, June 8th, through Tuesday, June 14th. It depends upon where you are located. Now, this week we have five zones. All you need to know is your latitude. A big area will not see it this week. That's north of 20 degrees north, and that's probably most of you listening to me. A second region that will not see the International Space Station this week, south of 48 degrees south. So the North Pole and South Pole will not see it. Between the equator and 20 degrees north, the ISS will be in your evening sky for at least part of the week. Between the equator and 31 degrees south, you'll see the ISS in your morning and evening sky for at least part of the week. And finally, between 31 and 48 degrees south of the equator, it will be in your morning sky for at least part of the week. To determine where you can see the International Space Station, go to the website heavens-above.com, enter your location, then click on ISS. The bright moon will make it difficult to see any comets this week. We'll, we'll talk more about them next week. Two weeks ago, I talked about my discovery of my second comet, which occurred in 1985. I want to add a couple things about that. In the press interviews after the discovery, I was asked what my 10-inch reflector telescope was made of. Okay, it has glass, which would be the primary mirror and the secondary mirror and the eyepiece. And it has a pipe mount. The cradle that holds the telescope tube is made of wood, as is the eyepiece holder and the mirror holder. Yes, I, I made that in 1985, and it still has that same wood mirror mount. And the telescope tube. It is made of sonal tube, which is the same material used for Dobsonian telescopes. And this translates to cardboard. So is it a surprise that the press widely circulated the story that I discovered this comet with a cardboard telescope? Yes, I am not making it up. And this was widely circulated as the first major outlet that interviews you sends the story out on the wire. 
and remember this was 1985, and many other newspapers picked up the story and reprinted portions of it. And the cardboard telescope bit was in almost all those stories. And I still have that cardboard telescope too, 37 years later, the same cardboard. Two weeks ago, I started that story about that comet discovery in 1985. I discussed my motivation of searching for comets. I've thought about it since then, and I think I can more clearly define it. This is what at least a major part of it is. It is an adrenaline rush. You might be saying, yes, Don, I get it when you discover a comet. No, that is not it. It is the adrenaline rush I get when I go out looking for comets. The excitement of looking through the telescope and seeing the sky, the stars, the clusters, the galaxies, the meteors, and even the satellites, and all that blank space between those things. That is what I find exciting. And, and I th that is why I think we still have some old visual comet discoverers still searching the sky for comets. They enjoy the search, the view of the sky through the telescope, even if they never find another comet. It is as simple as that. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? Get out there and see those planets in the morning sky. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 127 for June 8th, 2022. I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N. M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z dot com. Two H's. You can contact me at Don the Astronomer at gmail dot com. Once again, that is Don the Astronomer at gmail dot com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We'll take a close look at our neighboring planets in the morning sky, and we will look at some galaxies. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week. <laughs>